Hello and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostic industry. My name is Omar Ford and I'm the editor-in-chief of MDDI, an online publication powered by Informa. On this episode of Let's Talk MedTech, it's all about the Massachusetts Medical Device Industry Council, or MassMedic for short. And MassMedic has just launched its Wide MedTech campaign to build awareness of the medical device industry. And here to talk with us about the campaign are MassMedic President Brian Johnson and MassMedic COO Rachel Robinson. So let's jump into the conversation. Let's talk MedTech with MassMedic's Brian Johnson and Rachel Robinson. Brian, Rachel, welcome to Let's Talk MedTech. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. I really want to get into the meat of our discussion about the Why MedTech campaign. But first, could you tell the audience a little bit about the Massachusetts Medical Device Industry Council, MassMedic? Sure. And Omar, thanks again for having us on. Uh, We're thrilled to talk about uh, Why MedTech and MassMedic. MassMedic is the trade association for the medical device industry in Massachusetts and New England. We represent more than 300 medtech companies. Um, We represent them in matters of uh, uh, advocacy, business development. Uh, We help foster innovation by helping startups. We connect business partners to resources and overall just try to keep our ecosystem here energized through things like uh, networking events and our patient impact gala and other partnerships that we do. So we also help solicit uh, conferences to the area that we think are going to be impactful for the industry. So recently, uh, for example, this year we have the MedTech conference from AdvaMed coming to Boston. So it's a, it's an exciting uh, it's an exciting mission we have here. Uh, this executive team has been in place um, since 2018. So we're just stewards of this organization. Our organization's been around since 1996, and um, it's a really exciting mission we have. So uh, I'm always excited to talk about it. Incredible. I want to talk now a little bit about the Why MedTech campaign and what led MassMedic to to launch this campaign and what does it entail? Absolutely. So I'll I'll jump in here if that's okay. Why MedTech is, is a really personal, I think, kind of campaign for us as an organization, but also for for us as individuals. So why MedTech's focus is on, uh, right now we're gathering the stories. It's it's an economic development ever, but right now what we're doing is focusing on really understanding why people in MedTech do what they do. Uh, and, and, And it's really interesting because it's one of those things that kind of, it impacts all of us. Everyone's life has been touched by medical technology in one way or another. And what we've found over the last few years, especially in chatting with our members and with those around us, is that we have a story. You don't always know people's story when when you first meet them. You learn about their companies, you learn about their expert expertise and their technical backgrounds. But when you really get to know the people and start chatting with them, you learn more about why they do what they do. 
And, and that is what drives the med tech industry. So, you know, me personally, uh, I'm, a, I'm a heart patient. I, I'm a, a recipient of a groundbreaking uh, medical surgery, uh, cardiac surgery, when I was just a little girl and saved my life. And wow. so it, it's something that drives home for all of us what we do. Um, so we, we really just kind of brought this campaign to the, the forefront in the last few years as we began talking with members. And then Brian and I started chatting about it and saying, okay, well, how does this really develop for the community? What does this mean to the state? What does it mean from an economic purpose? Uh, and just kind of merge those two visions together to launch this campaign. Yeah, and I'll add to that, actually. Uh you know, Rachel, I think uh, has been the a drive the driving force behind why MedTech, in terms of uh, conceiving the uh, you know the the why portion of it. Uh, you know, I think it does fit with her and I uh, have been attending MedTech events forever, and we're the kind of people that like to ask people why they do what they do. Uh, I think we're uh, you know it's just kind of part of our sort of uh, way to socialize with people. Um, we love to chat. <laughs> <laughs> Very social. And, uh, you know, people, love, you know, you, you really only learn about people when you ask them why they why they do what they do. It's actually it's it's interesting. So, um, you know, uh, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, uh, when they have their freshman orientation in the House of Representatives, always goes around the room and asks people, what's your why? And, um, you know, I just think that that's so fascinating and, and that, you know, I've, I've never, I haven't been there, but I've heard the answers are pretty incredible. Um, but, you know, so we, we were talking about the what's the why and how do we continue to elevate people's reasons for being in this industry? I think the technology is often the star in med tech, but really, yeah. I think the people are what makes med tech uh, special. And the way this melded with the state is, you know, we in Massachusetts, you know, along with a lot of other areas in life sciences, you know, we have experienced uh, this interesting phenomenon where we have more open jobs than people to fill those jobs. And there's not a great awareness of careers in med tech at all levels, right? And I'm not just talking about um, executive levels. I'm talking manufacturing and and some of the entry levels into the industry. And you know, if you look at these jobs, these are great jobs. Um, you know, they have high starting salaries. Don't require a college degree. Um, it provides an entry level into a really fulfilling and exciting career. And if you go into a med tech company and you look at the manufacturing floor. You know, it looks a lot different than the executive offices. So uh, for the past year and a half or so, you know, we've been hearing from members, hey, we have more open jobs than people to fill these jobs and we need help. And the state has, uh, to the, the Massachusetts credit, and, you know, I want to give the Massachusetts Life Sciences Center a lot of credit and the president uh, there, Ken Turner, you know, yep. he has challenged us, you know, this is about jobs. How do we get more people into this industry? And, you know, that's how these this this mission kind of got married to uh, Rachel and my personal mission to sort of make med tech more interesting and fun by focusing on the people. So what we uh, have created is a really a workforce uh, development campaign to educate people who might not know uh, that a career in med tech is possible for them. That it is. And, you know, the best way to do that is to let the people who 
are in MedTech tell their stories. So we're, you know, we're we're actually we've been going around to companies. We've been helping solicit filming. We've at, started really asking people to submit their stories. Um, we're you know, we want to hear the stories of how people got into this industry. And, you know, this is not just a executive level thing and it's not just, a, you know, a, a sort of a self-referential campaign. This is something that we want to that we're going to work to get out into the community, um, get into communities uh, that haven't been, I think, uh, directly uh, invited to join the party in MedTech. And, and you know, I have great uh, excitement about this and you know we're working with several partners on the state level to help amplify this but this is really very early in the in the why med tech journey and just yeah. to add it's it's not for even it's it's not just focused on technical backgrounds either i mean i'm someone who always wanted to do something to give back to the medical community and had no idea how and i fell into a career in med tech so there's there's so much opportunity for people at various levels of expertise and and it's a self-made marketing campaign if you just get people to talk about what has driven them because it's their personal story what a wonderful way to inspire another generation of folks to get involved yeah, I, I want to go back to something for a minute, and and you hit a key point there when you were talking about the stories. I've been covering the industry now for about uh, 15, almost 15 years, and the star is often the technology or the company, so to speak, and we rarely hear from the people. And I think what this campaign is doing, it's giving a voice or it's giving color or flavor to what exactly what exactly is going on in the medical device industry or the med tech industry. And thank uh, you for saying that. I think it's just it's giving a voice to people who typically work in the background, but yeah. but they're doing such smart, wonderful things that drive this industry. I'm, I'm wondering, too, I want to go back to the manufacturing piece, and I'm wondering if you're seeing this uh, in the med tech industry. Do we see there being a stigma about taking manufacturing jobs. Have, have you seen that? I know anecdotally, I've heard it across the board um, from the automotive industry to uh, just just all across the board. I've, I've heard that. But I'm wondering if we're seeing the same thing in med tech or have you experienced that? Sure. Uh, I, I'll attempt to sort of answer that, you know, because manufacturing has been uh, an area that I've particularly been very focused on with um, with the state and really kind of trying to make sure that our region understands the opportunity we have right now at this moment with manufacturing. Um, you know, the, the COVID-19 crisis put a highlight on uh, our supply chains and it really, I think, changed the entire algorithm on just-in-time Right, just in time inventory. Uh, you know, the, the idea that you could just click a button and, and a package will arrive tomorrow. Um, you know, and, and as we've watched very early on in the COVID 19 crisis, we realized in the worst possible way um, that having all of the world's many, you know, sort of raw materials and, and, and majority of the manufacturing clustered in one or two regions was dangerous. Um, you know, one only need to look at the N95 crisis and the fact that we couldn't 
get N95s for healthcare workers because the world's, you know, melt blown fabric uh, hub was shut down in in China because that's the first place where the COVID-19 pandemic uh, originated. And that's where the lockdown started. And, you know, you've just kind of watched these cascading supply chain chokeholds because of, of regional shutdowns from the pandemic. So, you know, very early on in that crisis, you know, I think people realized, you know, how we're thinking about our sourcing and how we're thinking about how our products are made um, is changing, and you know, I, we really hold on that fabric, and 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 believe very clearly that this was an opportunity to kind of change the paradigm of manufacturing. Now, there have been companies that have you know saw this coming, and 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 were already building redundancies in their manufacturing. I could think of, you know, the 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 company that I always look at as a you know a beacon for this is is Insulet, um, mm-hmm. in in Massachusetts here, they in 2016 embarked, they had a choice to build a, a second line and it was a choice between building it in uh, near their Chinese manufacturing facility or building it here domestically. And they very purposely said, no, we're going to build domestically, even if it appears to be more expensive, because in the end, we believe that the numbers will even out and the uh, it, you know, it's a it's a better opportunity to build domestically. We'll build, we'll have a uh, we'll have a tighter um, sort of uh, view of our of our quality. We'll have uh, more control over our supply chain, and you know, I can say that if you and you can look at the the results. I mean, they didn't miss a beat during any of the lockdowns, and a lot of the companies that domestically sourced and domestically manufactured did not experience the same. Um, slowdowns. So, you know, that's sort of the macroeconomic thing, right? Then there's this social uh, part of it, which is that we told people for a generation that they wanted to get out of the factory because the factory was a dead end. And, you know, and to go to college and to to pursue higher, uh, you know, higher education degrees and things like that. Well, now we're seeing another sort of trend where there's suffocating student debt. And quite frankly, the factory has changed. These are, um, you know, these are modern facilities, clean facilities, especially, I mean, in med tech, even you could, I wouldn't recommend it, but you can, you could probably eat off some of these floors. Uh, they're, so, they're so clean. <laughs> I'm not going to try that. Uh, and I don't recommend anybody do that. But, uh, you know, you walk into a modern manufacturing facility and it just looks different than than you'd imagine. So, you know, there's a, a social stigma that I think we have to overcome is that a manufacturing job is not uh, a dead end career move. It's it's an entry level into a, a great career where you don't necessarily need to, uh, you know, invest $100,000 in your education. You can start being educated and you can start building things and building and 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 you know that's really uh, I think incredibly exciting because if you look at you know if you look at the automotive industry I mean we built a middle class in the Midwest on the auto industry we built a diverse middle class in 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 the Midwest and and if you look at um, you know uh, you look at the racial demographics of manufacturing in the automotive industry they're higher than in any other can, uh, any other category, and you know, 
true, you know, the automotive industry can be a tough comp because, you know, we watched what happened in the 70s and 80s with outsourcing and, and you know, but I, I think we have an opportunity now for a second real manufacturing uh, revolution here in, in the United States. And, you know, we're really excited about it in Massachusetts. Um, the job starting salaries are very enticing. The benefits in MedTech are really good. Um, and, you know, the, the key is, is how do we communicate to young people that want to start their careers that this is a pathway? And I, and I think that that's a process, right? You're not just going to come here and, you know, work a conveyor belt for 35 years and retire. This is a a pathway to a rewarding career. And, and you know, I think that's that's an exciting opportunity. But there's a lot of work to be done to uh, to, to make that happen. But it's yeah, so impactful, you. Bri. Like, just thinking, it's, it, you have the opportunity to make such an impact. So, mm-hmm. you know, take it away from the, the, the automotive industry and other industries. What you do in med tech, even in the manufacturing facilities, is make an impact. And I think that's where med tech needs to be a lot more transparent. You've got great jobs. You've got great opportunities. And you've got the opportunity for a great impact socially that you don't get in other industries. Yeah. And I, and I think, too, I, I think the biggest thing is to eliminate the stigma. I think once that's done, uh, I think that you'll have, you know, more younger people, especially, you know, fresh out of of of, of high school or, or in their early 20s that will move towards these manufacturing jobs. And I think that you really need that to. I, th- I think you really need to get on that path to to kind of restore uh, the manufacturing status that this country once had. And when you talk about med tech or, or medical devices, this is one industry that impacts everyone's life, at, you know, at some point in time or another. You know, um, everyone is going to have to deal with a medical device at, at some point. And when you look at the promise of healthcare and you look at the promise of med tech, uh, you know, Rachel, it's it's like you were saying, you know, this is so, so important. And, and this is something that that you really can make an impact and a difference in a person's life. Yeah, I, couldn't agree, more. I couldn't agree more with you, Omar. And I think it's going to take it's a, it's it's going to take government, industry and education working together because we have to remove friction to entry for the manufacturing world. Right. There's a. Yep. There's a there's a high level of um, intimidation, I think, for uh, for people who young people who would be I think would be perfect fits for the industry. But maybe they're you know, they, they look at the job descriptions and they're intimidated. Um, you know, the, the we have to do a better job of defining that career path and defining what these jobs are. And that's going to take it's going to take a big effort. It's going to take a recruiting drive, you know, basically similar to. Uh, Similar to the military, frankly. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I really agree. I want to talk a little bit about the region for a minute, about the Massachusetts area. And I'm looking at the stat that was provided about uh, the area having the second in the country for 510K clearances and PMAs. That's pretty impressive. Um, so if I'm a med tech company, I want to move to the New England or, or Massachusetts area. You know, that, 
You know, I was going to throw a, a, a company name in there, but I said, no, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, they've kind of been, no, I won't even go there. I won't even go there with that joke. But uh, yeah, that's amazing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Can you mention, uh, you know, what's going on in the area that you have so much regulatory support or success? So I think the first thing, I mean, I did an interview on this the other day and, and what I boiled it down to, and I'll just get the conversation started, is the concentration of technical business, finance, regulatory, education, it's all in the region. So having all of those things in one space makes it really efficient for companies to to get through that process. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speak, speak on the finance. I, I'm just going to throw this in. So I live in the Southeast. I live in the metro Atlanta area. And uh, for years, we had an organization called SIMDA, the Southeastern Medical Device oh, Association. Yeah. I think it's merged with another organization now, Biotech. Uh, don't quote me on that, but um, it, it merged with that. But one of the key issues here was we had the innovation, but we just didn't have the, the finance. We didn't have the investors to get behind us. And I think that's a crucial piece that often gets left out. And, and it's amazing. It's it's good to see that Massachusetts, the, the New England area has that. Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think, we, you know, Brian, I'll let you jump in if you want to on this, but, uh, you know, from a finance perspective, it's definitely something that I think Massachusetts and Boston specifically has made great strides in, in the last decade, bringing a, an understanding of angel investment, venture capital, grant opportunities, uh, all to within one region to not have to make companies go to California. Uh, I think that used to be the the status quo and what you had to do was get on a plane and go out to San Francisco and try to get funding. But that's not the the issue anymore here. Yeah, I I, I, I think, first of all, Omar, you are invited to move to Massachusetts anytime. <laughs> you know, you always have a home up here. Um, we have a historic advantage in a lot of ways. You know, I think, you know, if you, I grew up in the Boston area and, you know, you you, you can't escape history um the advanced manufacturing started here um and that's combined with the historic advantage of having these universities we have here uh the the hospital system and um you know and sort of what that uh has created from a sort of sort of standing on the shoulders of 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 giants but i think what we have had over the last 15 years is coordination from industry and government and intentionality in terms of capturing the moment of life sciences. And I, and I think that that it's it's been very remarkable to watch. And I think it's an it's an important distinction to 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 to, to talk about. You know, um, our governor Deval Patrick in 2007 passed a bill, you know, proposed a billion dollar uh, investment in the in the life sciences industry that has created a lot of, and then that was reauthorized again uh, about five years ago. So there's been about a $1.6 billion investment from the state in the industry. And when investors and companies see that that is, that the state is willing to put money into the system like that, it, it it really invites more collaboration uh, and and more um, more participation. So what we're seeing 
now is the result of you know 15 years of recent investment you know built on let's just say you know decades upon decades of uh, uh, a tradition of innovation but we've i mean we've we've lost a fair amount of incredible industries in massachusetts uh you know i could go back to whaling but uh i don't think we uh i don't think we have time but i think if you look at boston you look at massachusetts it's a it's um we have always been um saved by innovation and uh you know that's how you know we we, we had industries like the fashion industry and the shoe industry was once uh was once sort of uh, you know, was once headquartered here, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, I don't think anyone thinks of Boston as a high fashion place, right? They wouldn't confuse us with Milan, but uh, <laughs> you know, we we are a region of reinvention, and and, and innovation is always the engine. But uh, life sciences, I think, is um is a unique combination of that with this uh, coordination, and so it's a uh, it's really exciting. It's a really exciting place to be at the moment. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to get back to the campaign uh, for one second. Obviously, you're in the first phase, right? Uh, can you tease a little bit about the next phase and and when you might enter into it? It's it's a good tease. Um, you know, I I don't know, Brian. Do you want how how much do you want to tease? How much can we share? <laughs> um, well, we're not. I'll, I'll settle for a stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. No, um. It's great. The most important thing about what we're doing right now is, is as we said, we're in the storytelling gathering campaign, um, part of the campaign. But but the next part is is obviously something that we're very excited about and planning for. Uh, it's going to include uh, a more robust effort with the state around the job creation and job retention. Is that a little teaser, Bri? You want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, so we're, let's just say if we were making a movie, we're sort of casting right now and we're casting in okay. real time. Um, okay. we're, that's, you know, that's what the story collection part is, right? We we need to find the spokespeople of this industry. Um, and, the you know, while we're going to do it as a collective, we're also really hot on finding the stories that resonate um, with with our mission. Uh, our goal, though, is this is not an inward facing campaign. We're not, you know, we don't as much as we want to make everybody in MedTech feel inspired and excited about what they do every day. We don't need to preach to the choir. We need to preach to the people that, you know, aren't in the church right now. So we have yeah, to yeah. We, we have to we all have to and are work to make investments in, you know, finding the right people that we can highlight their stories and then bring those to the communities that we think need to hear this message that this industry is for you. And, you know, it's going to take coordination and it's going to take uh, collaboration between the states, between uh, our education partners uh, with industry and even our partners in life sciences and in the biotech industry. We're all we're all facing a similar crisis of workforce right now we need to get the message out about life sciences writ large uh but you know for our purposes we need to make sure that that, that we're getting the word out that medtech is a place for you and not only that medtech is open to to 
for you to to come start a career here. So we, um, you know, we're in phase one where we're collecting stories, and then phase two is going to be where we're starting to build the resources to help people start their journey, and then um, and develop start developing the community outreach. Sounds good. I want to transition now and talk about Biomed Device Boston. I take it you all will be there. Can you talk a little bit about what you'll be doing? And hopefully I'll run into you if I'm there. If I'm not there, with with, with bells and whistles, Omar. (laughs) if, If I'm not there, then someone from MDDI will definitely be there and I will make sure that they talk to you. But um, uh, MDDI will have a presence there. But yeah, yeah. What what can we expect from from you all at Biomed Device Boston? Oh, I hope you'll be there. We 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 always look forward to seeing you. You're such a great supporter last year, especially. So we are incredibly excited about what we're doing at Biomed this year. So this has been a multi-year partnership that we've done with Biomed Device uh, on their Boston program. They were so wonderful to work with us during the pandemic, and they went virtual. We went virtual, uh, and what it was when we first started out was a place that we could showcase our Ignite Accelerator companies, uh, as well as give pitch opportunities to up and coming startups who are who are around the Boston based area. And it's been a wonderful two years of that. It's great. And uh, this year they came to us and said, well, what about if we expand this partnership? And what if we try to leverage what MassMedic does best with its masterclass series of programming and bring that to what Biomed does best, which is an, out- an outstanding trade show and opportunity for, for information share and put together uh, a focused program just for startups at Biomed Device. So that's what we're doing. We're doing the Masterclass Startup Series on September 28th and 29th. Uh, On the 28th, we're going to be running a full day of programming that is tailored on finance-focused content for startups, right? It's it's a crazy kind of finance world out there. We won't jump into it right now, but there is money. And what startups need to understand is how to get creative, how to play to their strengths, uh, and how to make connections. So that's what the program on the 28th is going to be all about, and we're incredibly excited to do it. We've got a ton of industry partners and wonderful speakers, um, and we really hope to see everyone there. And then on the 29th, we'll be doing our traditional startup showcase, where we will feature our Ignite 2022 cohort. Uh, just a little teaser, we will be announcing those startups in, in just the next couple of days. Uh, so keep your keep your ears open for that. Um, okay. And it'll be just a wonderful two-day program. We're excited to work with them again. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I look forward to, to hearing more about it. And I'm looking forward to Biomed Device Boston. And uh, Brian, Rachel, I want to thank you all for coming on to Let's Talk MedTech. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for having us. Likewise, Omar, it's great to uh, great to talk to you again. It's been it's been too long. Yeah, awesome. Also, awesome. we will be yelled at if we don't say go to whymedtech.com <laughs> for anyone who's interested in checking out oh, the I, campaign. <laughs> I almost forgot that. Yes, how can uh, let's run that back? How can people find out more about uh, the, the campaign, the YMedTech campaign? Absolutely. So if you go to ymedtech.com, you will find all of the information about how you can submit your stories. You can view other stories, look at the format. Uh, We also have our uh, social media handles are available on the website. So we have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter that people can interact with. Um, But just, you know, I want to make it clear, anyone can be involved in this 
in this campaign. This is not just for an executive level person to come and tell their story. This is for grassroots folks to get involved and say, I, I have a story. I think this is something that I really want to share with people. Um, and there's all the ways that you can do that at, at ymedtech.com. That was such an amazing conversation. Uh, just amazing and looking for big things to come out of this campaign. Thanks again to our guests, Brian and Rachel from Mass Medic. Be sure to follow Mass Medic on Twitter at Mass Medic Council. And for more information on the YMedTech campaign, please be sure to go to at YMedTech on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can always visit us at mddionline.com for all of your MedTech news. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you.